0: On a 1951 Himalayan expedition, mountaineer Eric Shipton took a photograph of what appeared to be an ice pickling next to a giant footprint. The footprint measured 13 inches long and 80 inches wide. The fact that it is so obviously fake makes it seem almost believable. Little did he know, his photo would turn a little known local legend into an internationally recognized phenomenon, and the aftereffects would make the word Yeti legendary. Welcome to Episode 7 of RAS, Randomly Answered Short Stories. I am your host, Camden Smith, and today's episode is about the search for the elusive Yeti. Now let's go back to 1951. In 1951, Eric Shipton, a world-famous mountaineer, came across a curious set of tracks. One footprint was 13 inches long and eight inches wide. It did not look like it was made by a man or an ape. Lauren Coleman, an expert on cryptozoological animals, stated that Shipton's footprint is a very big piece of evidence because it showed toes, individual toes. It showed a squat, square footprint, which is a lot than other expeditions had found. The previous expedition did not have very good photographic equipment with them for better detailed images. In 1957, Texas oil man Tom Slick and explorer Peter Byrne set off for the Arun Valley in northeast Nepal in search of the Yeti. Byrne believed that since the Sherpas knew the Yeti was a real animal, that it had to be real. They called him Hairy Man and said that he lived separately from them. Shown eight by 10 pictures of chimpanzees, a gorilla and primitive man, and other humanoids, the Sherpas would always point out the primitive man and declare that that was the Yeti. They described the Yeti as being man-like in form, about five foot six, five foot seven, five foot eight, and totally covered with hair. The face was bare of hair, and it walked fully erect on two feet. In another part of the valley, Tom Slick and his Sherpas guides discovered a set of tracks in the mud, which were unique because they knew melting and shifting snow could alter tracks. They measured 10 inches long and 7 inches wide. According to anthropologist Dr. George Ajino, it was like the footprint discovered by Eric Shipton six years earlier, just a little smaller. According to H. Seeger, the Yeti was part of the pre-Buddhist beliefs of several Himalayan people. He was he told that the Lepcha people worshipped the Glacier being as the god of the hunt. He also reported that followers of the Bon religion once believed that the blood of the Mirojod, or wild man, had used in certain spiritual ceremonies. The being was depicted as an ape-like creature who carries a large stone as a weapon and makes a whistling swoosh sound. Yeti was adopted into Tibetan Buddhism, where it is considered a non-human animal. It is nonetheless human enough to sometimes be able to follow dharma. Several stories feature yetis becoming helpers and disciples of religious figures. In Tibet, images of yetis are paraded and occasionally worshipped as guardians against evil spirits. However, because Yetis are sometimes enforcers of Dharma, hearing or seeing one is often considered a bad omen, for which the witness must accumulate merit. In 1832, James Prisnip's journal of the Ascetic Society of Bengal published Trekker, B.G. Hodgins' account of his experiences in northern Nepal. His local guide spotted the tall bipedal creature covered with long dark hair, which seemed to flee in fear. Hodgins concluded it was an orangutan. An early record of footprints appeared in 1899 in Lawrence Waddle's Among the Himalayas. Waddell reported his guide's description of a large ape-like creature that left the prints, which Waddell thought were made by a bear. Waddell heard stories of bipedal ape-like creatures, but wrote that, quote, None, however, of the many Tibetans I have interrogated on this subject could ever give me an authentic case. One of the most superficial investigations, it always resolved into something that somebody heard tell of. One of the most well-known stories of mysterious deaths is that of the Dyatlov Pass, but if you don't know, here is a short synopsis. On February 2nd, 1959, nine college students climbed the icy slopes of the Dyatlov Pass in the Ural Mountains of Russia. They never made it out alive. The students' bodies were found with broken ribs and fractured skulls. In one grotesque case, a woman's eyes had been gouged out and her tongue was missing. At the time of the tragedy, investigators cryptically declared that the outlaw of past deaths were due to a, quote, compelling natural force. According to the new television documentary, Re-examining the Case, since the massacre occurred during the Cold War, some have speculated that students were killed by top-secret Soviet weapons. Others claim that an indigenous tribe lashed out at the hikers for trespassing. However, the murder site doesn't seem to jibe with those explanations. A new documentary, Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives, explores the remote possibility that a menk, the Russian word for yeti, may have been responsible for the death of the explorers. You can go watch the documentary on Discovery. Until next time. Cam, signing off.